Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have several other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, Pucks and Cups, Canada's Great War, and Coast to Coast, available on all podcast platforms. If you do donate or become a patron, I'll make sure I thank you on the air, throughout my social media, and at the end of every episode. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok, where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. And my username is Bairdo37. You can also find weekly videos about Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash canadianhistoryx. And if you want to find transcripts of every single episode I've ever done, which is over 700 episodes, then just go to my website, CanadaEHX.com, and I have links to all of these in my show notes. So before we start, a bit of housekeeping. First, this is the last episode of Season 3, where I looked at every single opposition leader who never became Prime Minister. I was thinking of looking at Candace Bergen, but I decided that since she just started as the opposition leader... I will probably just save that for maybe a follow-up episode or something like that. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to take two weeks off, and then we're going to start up on looking at every Governor's General in Canadian history. And I was debating what to do here. I was thinking I would start very, very, very long ago with New France, or I was thinking of just covering the Canadian ones. But after talking with a lot of listeners, I decided that what we'll do, because the podcast is called From John to Justin, which... Now that I think about it, maybe we should change the name of the podcast because that was season one and we definitely moved beyond that. Anyways, I decided that since it's called from John to Justin, so essentially covers Confederation to today, we're going to look at the Governor's General from 1867 to today. And it'll be done a bit differently than how I've done other, uh, other seasons and other episodes. Um, with the Governor's General who were essentially English royalty, I'm mostly going to focus on their time in Canada. I'll touch briefly on their life before Canada and after they leave Canada, but the bulk of the episode is going to cover when they were in Canada because I feel like that's the main thing. I don't really want to start getting into British history and things like that, so that's how I'm going to structure that. But then when we finally get up to uh, Vincent Massey in the 1950s, who was the first Canadian-born prime minister, Prime Minister, the first Canadian-born Governor General, then I'm going to be looking at their entire lives. And I feel like that's kind of a, a really good way to do it. Um, and it kind of keeps me from getting bogged down in, in British history and, and such, um, because their lives before and after didn't have a huge impact typically on Canada. So uh, we'll just we'll just focus on their lives in Canada. And that still makes for a very meaty episode because a lot of the governor generals or the governor's general did a lot for Canada. Uh, and I mean, just look at two of the governor's general, Lord Grey and Lord Stanley, who gave us the Stanley Cup and the Grey Cup. Uh, so that's how we're going to do it. Uh, for now, we're going to venture in to look at Aaron O'Toole in our last episode of season three. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. Uh, I can get very discouraged doing this. It's not easy doing it. I do it full time, and it can be very stressful. So thank you, everybody, who's donated, who's sent me kind words, who's given me reviews, who's become patrons. I truly appreciate every single one of you, and thank you so much. After Andrew Scheer resigned as the leader of the Conservative Party, 
a leadership election began and the man who would win and take over the party was a former soldier named Aaron O'Toole. O'Toole was born in Montreal on January 22, 1973, the oldest of five children, but his family would move to Port Perry, Ontario when he was only one. His father John was of Irish descent and his mother had come to Canada after the Second World War as a toddler. O'Toole would attend elementary school in the community, but after the tragic death of his mother from breast cancer when he was nine, his father moved the family to Bowmanville. As a young man, O'Toole would become interested in acting, and he would appear in several theater productions at the Bowmanville High School, although he never had the lead. After high school, O'Toole decided to attend the Royal Military College in Kingston. He would state, quote, I just really sort of fell in love with the mystique of pushing myself physically, learning leadership skills, end quote. Upon his graduation, he had earned an Honours Bachelor of Arts in History and Political Science, and it was at this point he became a commissioned officer in the Royal Canadian Air Force. O'Toole made the decision to serve in the military because of his grandfathers, both of whom served in the Second World War. His mother's work with Vietnamese refugees also played a large role in his decision. The same year that O'Toole went to attend the Royal Military College, his father was elected to the Legislative Assembly of Ontario, where he would serve as Progressive Conservative MPP for 19 years. After earning his wings in Winnipeg, he would go to Shearwater, Nova Scotia with the 423rd Squadron. With the squadron, he would serve as a tactical navigator on Sea King helicopters, performing search and rescue missions with the Royal Canadian Navy. During that time, he would earn the Sikorsky Helicopter Rescue Award for rescuing an injured fisherman at sea. One of the first times O'Toole appeared in print was when a Sea King made an emergency landing in April 2000. The chopper began leaking oil and was forced to land on a small island off the coast of Nova Scotia. By 2000, O'Toole decided to transfer to the reserve force upon reaching the rank of captain, and he would remain with the reserves for three years. As a training officer with the 406th Squadron, he would attend Dalhousie University and earn a law degree. It was also in Halifax he would meet his wife Rebecca and together they would have two children. In 2003, O'Toole graduated with a law degree and the family moved to Toronto. Specializing in corporate law, he would work for several firms handling litigation cases and advise management on environmental, competition, and commercial issues. As his law career grew, O'Toole would serve on the board of the Royal Military College. It was in that position that he would start the Clarington Youth and Community Leadership Dinner that raised money to build schools in Africa. He would also co-chair a project to protect fish habitats and to create a recreational area along the Bowmanville Creek. He would also lead efforts to create a memorial to Canadians who served in Afghanistan. As an ambassador with the Vimy Foundation, he would also help commemorate the Battle of Vimy Ridge in 2017. In 2012, O'Toole ran in a by-election to become a member of Parliament for Durham. He would win in a landslide victory, taking 50.7% of the vote. This was also the provincial riding his father held, making it the first time that a father and son represented the same riding on either the provincial or federal level. In September 2013, O'Toole was appointed to the Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of International Trade, and in 2014, O'Toole, with Senator Romeo Dallaire, hosted the first Samuel Sharp Memorial Breakfast, which honoured MP Samuel Simpson Sharp, a former First World War soldier who committed suicide in 1918 upon his return to Canada from the front. O'Toole would put forward a motion four years later to have a plaque honouring Sharp on Parliament Hill, which was passed unanimously. In January 2015, O'Toole was appointed the Minister of Veterans Affairs. He would say of his appointment, quote, It is an honour for me to serve our veterans. I served myself, and they're some of our finest. End quote. The Royal Canadian Legion would state they were happy a veteran was in charge of the portfolio, 
but questioned whether or not anything would change. At the time, veterans were suing the government over benefit cuts, and O'Toole would work to rebuild trust between veterans and the government. O'Toole would say, quote, I want to create an informed and respectful dialogue about the opportunities and challenges facing our veterans. In the last few years, we haven't always seen that, and that's not serving our veterans. End quote. After the Conservatives lost the 2015 election and Harper resigned as leader, O'Toole was re-elected and he made it known he would like to be interim leader. In the end, he did not become interim leader, but new interim leader Rona Ambrose made him a shadow cabinet critic for public safety. In 2016, O'Toole was one of 13 Conservatives who would run to lead the party. Announcing his candidacy, he would say, quote, As we look to the future, our priorities are clear. We need to reconnect with Canadians. We need to show Canadians that government can and must be so much more than sunny ways, slogans, and photo ops. End quote. While O'Toole was relatively new to Parliament compared to others he was running against, and had only briefly held a cabinet position, he believed he had the experience for the position. He would say, quote, I believe that I have the experience and track record to help our Conservative team win back the trust of Canadians. From my years in uniform and my time in the private sector to my experience as an MP and cabinet minister, I've learned what it takes to lead and to succeed. End quote. Presenting himself as part of a progressive wing of the party, he would finish third in the race despite having the endorsements of 31 MPs, 12 former MPs, and 17 provincial politicians. New leader Andrew Scheer would appoint O'Toole as the foreign affairs critic. After the 2019 election, O'Toole once again won his riding, even though the Conservatives did not defeat the Liberals. And when Scheer resigned, O'Toole put his name in to be the new leader of the party. This time, he did not run on a progressive campaign and instead stated he was the only candidate who was a true blue conservative. His slogan was Take Back Canada, which was meant to take the country back from the spending policies of the Liberals, but many compared it to the Make America Great Again slogan of Donald Trump. O'Toole would make a video on February 14th stating that the CBC was out of control and promised to slash the funding to the public broadcaster, while adding he would maintain funding of Radio Canada and CBC Radio. He would say, quote, Taxpayer dollars should not pay for the things like a Canadian version of Family Feud, nor should they fund CBC News Network, a channel no different from its private sector competitors. End quote. On March 23, 2020, O'Toole called for the leadership vote to be postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. He would state, quote, I'm asking the leadership committee of the Conservative Party of Canada to delay the Conservative Leadership Contest to ensure that all time and resources of our Conservative Caucus and our grassroots members can be focused on helping our constituents and the needs of our communities in the fight against COVID-19. End quote. In the end, the election would be held through mail-in ballots and postponed until August 23rd. On June 20th, 2020, O'Toole would accuse the campaign of his main rival, Peter McKay, of obtaining stolen internal campaign data and video strategy conferences by gaining login data for Zoom conferences. Then, on August 24th, O'Toole emerged as the new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada with 57% of the vote on the third ballot. O'Toole would state in his victory speech, quote, We can rebuild our great country while protecting Canadians from the ongoing threat of COVID-19. We can get Canadians back to work, be proud of the things we grow, build and produce in Canada again. We must have a government that will keep us safe and ensure that we are never ill-prepared again. End quote. It's the moment Aaron O'Toole had been waiting for. And in this case, there was a little extra waiting involved. Conservative members across this country have been patient throughout 
this leadership race as Canadians have been through COVID-19. While this night was about big political principles and aspirations, the hiccup came down to the machines opening the envelopes for the record of nearly 175,000 ballots. They're opened automatically by an actual machine. And what's been happening is that the machine is ripping or cutting some of these ballots. As the candidates waited anxiously with their teams and families, the outgoing leader set the bar for the winner. Next leader has to reach that next tier of Canadian voters that, uh, that, that we know are out there that are open to voting for us. We need to find a way to connect. The suspense kept dragging out. They're not going to be giving us the results right away and dragging out. It's a disappointment, of course, and it's unfortunate. It's, a, it's more stress, but I think it's, everything is uh, being uh, looked upon in a very official way. Finally, six hours behind schedule. So now the moment we've been waiting for, Dan. It took three rounds of voting. Ms. Lewis, 10,140 points. And included a strong showing from political newcomer Leslin Lewis. But in the end, it was O'Toole's night. Aaron O'Toole is the new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Congratulations, Mr. O'Toole. The Ontario MP ran a campaign pitching himself as a true blue conservative, often combative, speaking out against what he called the radical left and Twitter mobs. But in his victory speech, O'Toole focused on uniting the party and appealing to all Canadians. To the millions of Canadians that are still up, that I'm meeting tonight for the first time, Good morning. I'm Aaron O'Toole. You're going to be seeing and hearing a lot from me in the coming weeks and months. But I want you to know from the start that I'm here to fight for you and your family. All right, next Prime Minister. That message assigned his next campaign to win the federal election has already begun. Catherine Cullen, CBC News, Ottawa. O'Toole came in as a leader of the opposition during a very strange time in Canada as the country dealt with a difficult economy and a worldwide pandemic. O'Toole would work during this time to unite the party and bring in new voters from groups that typically stayed away from the Conservative Party, including Francophones and LGBTQ individuals. When statues of Sir John A. Macdonald were toppled amidst protests against systematic racism, O'Toole would state that doing so would, quote, be dooming Canada to forget its history, end quote. He would also be criticized for defending Edgerton Ryerson when he said that the residential school system was created to provide education. He would later retract his comments. Most of the lefty radicals are also the dumbest people at your university. That, that's part of the problem. Here's a, here's a nugget you can say that when I say it in Parliament, it silences the Liberals like you wouldn't believe. You know who opened more residential schools than Egerton Ryerson? Pierre Elliott Trudeau. He opened four of them, maybe five, and Chrétien opened three of them. Who closed that program? Mulroney. Who apologized for it? Harper. So conservatives, when it comes to residential schools in the modern era, have a better record than the liberals. That shocks the hell out of the woke crowd, I'll tell you. But I can send you, you know how you know? All of the schools were listed in the Truth and Reconciliation Report, a report asked for by Stephen Harper. So let's learn from the bad mistakes and in some case, tragic circumstances of our past. But when Egerton Ryerson was called in by Hector Langevin and people, it was meant to tr try and provide education. It became a horrible program that, that 
really harm people. We have to learn from that. And I, I wear orange and I do that, but we're not helping anyone by, by misrepresenting the past. By the time Pierre Trudeau opened those schools, it was a hundred years after we knew the pro program was a disaster. Where is the woke left calling for the, the renaming of the Trudeau airport? On the environmental side of things, O'Toole stated that climate change was a global problem that needed a global solution. He would commit to meeting the Paris Agreement targets, and prior to the 2021 election, O'Toole would attempt to convince members of the party to support a serious agenda aimed at curbing climate change, stating he did not want the party to be labeled as climate change denying. The party rejected this motion with 54% voting against recognizing that climate change was real. O'Toole also supported same-sex marriage and pledged to walk in pride parades under the condition that uniformed police officers could do so as well. He also supported ending restrictions on gay men donating blood and banning conversion therapy. Behind me is a mural of We Demand, a 13-page document that called for changes to federal Canadian laws that discriminated against those in the LGBTQ2 community. This national strategy took decades of dedication and persistence for all the demands to be met. Although we've come a long way as a country, there is still more to do. I want you to know that I have been and will continue to be an ally. You have my commitment to be there with you, standing up against homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia. Discrimination and intolerance against the LGBTQ community is unacceptable and has no place in Canada. Today marks the beginning of Pride Month, a time to celebrate the men, women, and non-binary Canadians of the LGBTQ2 community. And remember the history that got us here. I served in the military to stand up for the rights of Canadians. I ran for a seat in Parliament to champion those rights. And as Prime Minister, I will work to make Canada more inclusive and safe for the LGBTQ community. Let's celebrate everyone in this amazing and diverse community. And thank you for your outstanding contributions to Canada. Happy Pride. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, O'Toole would criticize the Trudeau government for not having rapid and at-home testing options, arguing that the economy would be unstable if a vaccine was not available. When vaccine rollouts began, he criticized the government for not providing them to citizens as quickly as countries such as the United Kingdom and the United States. In September 2020, O'Toole himself would test positive for COVID-19 and his wife would test positive soon after. He would remain in self-isolation until the end of the month. Under O'Toole, the Conservative Party began trying to attract working-class people to the party, citing his support of unions. But despite his support of unions, most union leaders were skeptical due to his parliamentary voting record. On August 15, 2021, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called an election. Soon after, O'Toole released a 160-page Conservative Party platform. The platform included promises to take action on climate change, a child care tax credit, funding for health care, and business support during the pandemic. While the Liberals started the campaign high in the polls, by September 8th, polls had the Conservatives at 35% compared to 32% for the Liberals. In both the French and English debates, O'Toole did well, and he would focus on giving a centralist message to voters. He would announce that the Conservatives would have a carbon pricing policy, and he would distance himself from the Conservative views on abortion and LGBTQ issues. As the final week approached, O'Toole started to see the conservative numbers fall as O'Toole was criticized for allowing several conservative candidates to be unvaccinated. As COVID-19 infection rates rose in Alberta and hospitalization rates increased, support in the province for the conservatives took a dip. O'Toole had previously praised Alberta's policy of opening everything up for the summer, 
which was now hurting the province dearly. On September 20th, the Liberals would win another minority government and the Conservatives once again finished second and continued on as the official opposition. The party lost two seats from the previous election. After the election, O'Toole announced that he would stay on as leader and would rebuild the party. And while many praised his push to move the party to the centre, a petition began calling for a referendum to remove O'Toole from leadership. Within a few days, it had 2,400 signatures. Throughout the autumn and winter, pressure started to mount on O'Toole to resign as leader of the party. Denise Batters, a Conservative senator, called for a confidence vote on his leadership to be held, and in response, O'Toole removed her from caucus. On January 31, 2022, anti-vaccine protests descended on Ottawa and the far right of the Conservative Party took advantage of this to announce that they had received several written requests for a leadership review. On February 2, 2022, a secret ballot on O'Toole's leadership was held. O'Toole would say on Facebook, quote, There are two roads open to the Conservative Party. One is angry, negative, and extreme. It is a dead end, one that would see the party of Confederation become the NDP of the right. The other road is the better reflect the Canada of 2022, to recognize that conservatism is organic and not static, and that our winning message is one of inclusion, optimism, ideas, and hope. End quote. When the 118-member caucus voted, a majority voted for O'Toole to be removed from leadership. In response to this, O'Toole resigned as leader of the party, and he would be placed by Candace Bergen, who was voted in as interim leader until a new leader was chosen. This afternoon, I stepped down as leader of Her Majesty's Loyal Opposition and leader of the Conservative Party of Canada following a Reform Act vote in our caucus. Canada is in a dire moment of our history. You need only take a walk down the street in front of Parliament to see how divided we are. So my message to my party is the same I will give to the Prime Minister and members of Parliament on all sides of the House of Commons. Audi alterum partum. Hear the other side. Listen to all voices, not just the echoes from your own tribe. Realize that our country is divided and people are worried. Work together because how we as leaders act now will define the next generation. I believe that a strong, modern and united Conservative Party will help our country heal and help our country lead again. I pledge my support and unwavering loyalty to our next leader. I want to thank my children, Molly and Jack. You inspire both Rebecca and I, and you'll be seeing a little more of me than over the last 18 months. And I want to thank the people of Durham, who I will continue to serve as Member of Parliament. I never lose sight of what an honour it is for me to serve my hometown in Parliament. And there is not a bad seat in the House of Commons, from the back corner by the curtains where I first sat to the front rows. Serving Canada has always been the honour of my life, whether it is in a flight suit or in a business suit, and I will never stop serving Canada. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Aaron O'Toole. Next week, no episode, and then no episode after that, but then we start Season 4, looking at the Governors General of Canada. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter, my handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. 
just go to patreon.com slash Canada EHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Maclean's Windsor Star, Wikipedia, Whitehorse Daily Star, The Ottawa Citizen, Edmonton Journal, Vancouver Sun, National Post, and The Calgary Herald. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.